0: What's up, TLC? Welcome to 2021. We made it. We made it. Uh, a few years ago when Brendan and I moved back to Grand Rapids to plant TLC, uh, we bought a house that was not located uh, where you could hook up to city water. We have a well, all right? well water. Now, uh, wells can have all kinds of interesting things in them. all right? Some wells have really high iron content. And so when you drink it, you get this, like, really tinny, irony aftertaste. Uh, and it'll actually, like, leave rust stains on a, a lot of the things that the water hits and sinks and things like that. Uh, some well water has high amounts of sulfur, which, like, stinks, like rotten eggs or, like, like your grandma's farts after Thanksgiving. <laughs> I, can't, I'm not, I shouldn't be laughing at that, but I'm laughing. All right, I'm sorry, kids, don't repeat that, okay? Uh, but sulfur, like, it stinks, and and, and it tastes nasty. Uh, we're lucky. Our well has neither uh, iron nor sulfur in it. It's a, a deep water well. I think that's what they call it. And, and we have a lot of sand, so it's kind of like sand filtered, I guess. Uh, but, but we started noticing some issues nonetheless. And so I, I called up a guy uh, who... Uh, is a kind of a water expert uh, and, and and sells water filtration systems and water softener systems and and, and those kinds of things. And, and I was like, hey, I started describing some of the issues that we were having. He said, before I could recommend anything for you, you need to get your water tested. So he's like, hey, uh, you should buy this water tester. He, he told me about some other things that that are really expensive, a few hundred dollars that you can send out for. But he's like, if you just get this, this will probably tell you everything you need. Verify. 16 parameter water test strips. I thought it was like 16 test strips. No, it's actually uh, like 100 test strips. Uh, But it actually measures, tests, 16 different things in your water. Iron content, lead content, uh, hardness, aluminum, zinc, all kinds of stuff, nitrites and nitrates, all things I didn't even know about. But he's like, if you will test the water, you'll know exactly what you've got in it. And then I can then recommend how you should treat it or if you need to. So we did dip the thing in a couple seconds later, you pull it out, you wait for about a minute and then you just test it. You look at the different levels and see what it should be. And that's how... We could test our water. Now, uh, it came back and showed us something, something that we thought we knew, but we weren't 100% sure on. Uh, You see, what it told us is that we have high levels of magnesium and calcium in our water. We have hard water. Most of wells in the Midwest have hard water. We had hard water. In fact, uh, all of our uh, appliances, shower heads, things like this would look like this shower head right here. Now, that's not our actual, like, actually, that looks a lot like our shower head, but that's not mine at home. Uh, mine at home actually looks worse than that. They get really gunked up with that white chalky stuff, and it gets on like everything. Uh, not only that, but we started to notice that we were having issues where there were times where it just didn't seem like our water pressure was as good as it ought to have been. Uh, we actually just recently had to replace a valve in our shower because it was no longer working. It, it wouldn't turn. I've got two faucets. In my basement that we put in less than four years ago and they're like good quality faucets they're not cheap junk and both of them are already leaking the reason is because if you were to take and look at magnesium and calcium under a microscope they look like little jagged bushes and they catch on everything and they can actually start to build up uh, all within your pipes in fact uh, this is what a pipe with hard water looks like that's a that's real hard water buildup. You can see how it's constricting. On the other side, you've got just a normal copper pipe that has soft water flowing through. There's nothing on there at all. And that also gums up your valves and all kinds of different problems with your plumbing. And, and I realized we needed to actually do something about it. This kind of buildup can wreak havoc on a home if it's not taken care of. And the same is true of our spiritual life. Now, I can't change uh, the water sources that are around my house, but I can choose which water source I'm going to draw from, right? I can also choose what filtering systems I want to use on the water that I choose to draw from. Look, you and I are Americans. We live in America in the kind of American cultural water, all right? We can't change that, but we can choose which streams we won't allow into our lives and of the streams that we do allow into our lives, how we're going to filter them. And so as I was thinking about 2021 and kind of, you know, new year, new you, this fresh start, what do we need to do? God said, give him a water test, a spiritual water test. And I was like, all right, Lord, quite honestly, I probably need that. And so I started praying, God, what do you want us to talk about then? What What is the diagnostics? And and there's a whole host of things we could go after, but I feel like God said, there's three things that I want you to test. Three areas that are so important for our spiritual lives. Look, 2020 was a tough year. Like we can all acknowledge that, recognize that. I don't think anybody's gonna argue with that. And because of that and the unexpected challenges that came, uh, we had to like change some stuff, right? Required some new ways of living, required some new ways of coping. It also required some new habits and new routines. Now, uh, some of the new ways that we had to live and we had to cope, the truth is they're just not sustainable. Uh, Austin, just last week, talked about the need that all of us have to figure out how to get quiet and slow down so that we can hear God's voice We can know the places within our hearts and lives and minds that we need to find spaces of rest. And that only happens when we're able to slow down and listen to God's voice. We know that some of the ways that we have begun to live, some of the coping mechanisms that we've put in place, they're just not sustainable for long-term. We also know that there were some habits and routines that shifted for us as well. Not all of them were bad. Uh, I actually had more meals with my family in the last nine months than I've probably had in the last four years combined. That's a wonderful routine that 2020 gave my family. One that I hope that we'll be able to sustain a little bit longer and continue as we move into 2021 now. But there are other habits and routines that many of us begin to fall into that are actually slowly destroying us from the inside out. And sometimes we need a diagnostic test to say, hey, there's some buildup in the plumbing. There's some stuff that's not letting God's voice get through. There's some things that you need to pay attention to and take a look at. And I felt like God said, these are the three things that I want you, Torin, and my church, TLC, to evaluate. The first one is this. Ladies and gentlemen, the headphones test. Whose voice are we listening to more? Uh, Look, the truth is, is we all listen to lots of different voices, right? But are we listening and giving space and time for God's voice or the world's voice? Um, This one is probably of the three, the one that is the most convicting for me. Uh, And as we move into these times, let me just say something. God's, God's not trying to pull us into these diagnostic tests because he wants to slap our hands or he's looking at us disapprovingly or he's trying to create some element of shame in our lives. No, 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 no. God is passionate about your flourishing. It's why he sent Jesus. It's why he gave his own son to die on a cross It wasn't so that he could shame us and make us feel bad. It's so that he could actually help us find life and life to the full, flourishing. That's what he wants for us. And so these diagnostic tests are not intended to make us feel bad about ourselves. They're actually intended to help us pay attention to the things that are pulling us away from the very life that we hope to engage with, live in, enjoy. So as we take this first test, the headphones test, and we think about it, don't feel a sense of shame. I had to work through this one a little bit myself, probably because this one hits me as much, if not more, than any other one. I was doing a little bit of research on it, and guess what I found? Uh, The average American spends about nine minutes a day in religious or spiritual activities, prayer, Bible reading, etc. The average Christian reads the Bible and prays about two to maybe three times a week. I also found this out. uh, And I wasn't too surprised because my iPhone tells me how much screen time I've had on a daily average over the week. And it's way too embarrassing for me to publicly tell you. But I realized I'm not alone. Because uh, a study by Statista found that in 2020 the average american spends seven and a half hours a day consuming digital media now uh that's social media internet news internet articles youtube another four hours just under of television per day along with another one and a half hours of radio, which is like music or podcasts or news radio or sports radio, and then also uh, nine minutes of reading newspapers, and that's mostly simply because of my wife. <laughs> I love you, honey. She's just one of the only people I know that still gets a physical newspaper and loves to read it. Uh, look, the reality is the average American has Media input, digital media, TV, or uh, radio in our lives, 12 hours a day. Yes, you heard that right. 12 hours a day. At first, I was like, nah, man, that's not even possible. Then I started thinking about my day. Usually at night, I'll flip on the TV, probably watch a a couple of hours. I don't know if I watch four, but a couple. Sometimes I can watch more than that if there's a, a sports Game on. Sports game. I just said sports game. I sound like Jordan Kohler right now. (laughs) If I'm watching sports or, like, that's possible. I started thinking about digital media, how much I'm on internet or social media or reading an article online. Like, it's a lot. 12 hours did not seem outrageous to me. Look, I'll I'll be honest. Uh, I have friends that normally are, are, like, I would think of them as being, like, fairly, like, intelligent and put together. And yet... They're spouting some of the craziest conspiracy theories right now because they're in this feedback loop of the news that they watch. Uh, Friends, enough with the Breitbart and the Newsmax. Enough of the Vox and the the, the BuzzFeed, okay? You're getting the same stuff over and over again. and, and, And that's what we're allowing into our pipes, into our spiritual plumbing, I think God wants us to take some time right now and actually ask ourselves, how much am I allowing scripture in? Well, the Babylon Bee had this awesome article. Uh, Man who doesn't read the Bible, also chief authority on what Jesus would do today. The the Babylon Bee, of course, is a satire site, but listen to what it said in the article. Local man, Curtis Bivens, has been proudly patrolling the Facebook comment section for years Always ready to set the record straight about your misguided thoughts on the Bible and the person of Jesus. Just take it from me, explained Bivens while adjusting his tortoise shell glasses. Jesus was all about love, and he was never angry or divisive. In fact, if he were here today, I'm certain he wouldn't be rebuking people. Instead, he'd celebrate them for being their true selves. We all know that way too often we find ourselves assuming, well, God wouldn't do that, would he? God wouldn't say that, would he? God wouldn't, before this thing or that thing, God wouldn't put limits on on this or that. God wouldn't care about this or he would care about that. Like, friends, if the only places we're getting our input is from the media that we're consuming rather than from scripture, how are we ever going to know what God's actually like? Uh, Let's take just 15 seconds right now and let's take the headphones test. Are we giving the appropriate amount to God's word, listening to his spirit in prayer? Uh, We read Romans chapter 12, verse two, this. Romans chapter two, verse 12, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is—His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Friends, we have to renew our minds. How do we do that? The way that we the way that we renew our minds is by engaging with God in His Word. Uh, Flip over with me to Second Timothy chapter three, verse fourteen. Apostle Paul writes to Timothy and he says, but as for you, Timothy, continue in what you've learned and have become convinced of because you know those from who you learned it and how from infancy you've known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture, Timothy, is God-breathed. It comes from God. And it's useful for teaching, rebuking, which is to help somebody see a mistake, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. John, chapter 15, verses 4 and 5, Jesus said, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, but it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Our connection to Jesus through prayer and his word is vital for our spiritual health. Let's just give God 15 seconds and let's just sit with him and say, God, I want to take the headphones test. Am I, am I giving you enough time in my life? Am I filtering the right things, God? What do you need to say to me? Just take the next 15 seconds and let God st- talk to you, speak to you. He's there as an encourager, one who loves you. Like if God's up to something right here, man, feel free just to hit pause. <laughs> if you need to, just hit pause. Right. Spend some time, more time with him. But Let's move on to the second diagnostic. we we'll move on from the headphones test and we're going to go to the stream or swamp test. Do God's material blessings flow through me or get stuck in me? For this test, We're gonna have to go on a little adventure. This is a stream. (laughs) Look at that thing, right? You ever notice that streams, when you actually come and look at them, uh, they're clean and clear. If you could get right up on this one, you would see right to the bottom. The water looks so crystal clear. Why? Well, because in a stream, the water flows through it. It doesn't get stuck and stay there. In a swamp, though, water doesn't move. It just sits there, and bacteria can build up, and algae and things grow in it, and things grow on it. It can be stinky, and it's not something that you ever would want to drink from. Now, those of you that are science nerds, don't start emailing me. I get the science, okay? I know that they're still necessary, but there's something about the crystal clear waters that take place in streams because the water isn't stagnant. God's blessings are intended to flow through us to others, not simply stagnate selfishly in our own lives. Uh, We read in Deuteronomy 8 verse 18, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. God has given us everything that we have. He's the one that allows us to produce what we have, the jobs that we have, the way that he provides for us. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 through 19 says this. The Apostle Paul is talking to Timothy, and he says, Timothy, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. God wants us to be streams, not swamps. It's said that God gives us everything we have for two reasons. One, for our enjoyment. Whatever you have, you can enjoy it. You should enjoy it. God's given it to you for enjoyment, but it's not only for our enjoyment. It's also so that we can be generous and willing to share. God wants us to be streams, not swamps. Uh, We also read this in Proverbs chapter 11, verses 24 through 25. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched. And one who waters himself, uh, excuse me, and one who waters will himself be watered. But the reality is, is you can't out give God. The reason is uh, God is the one who gives us everything that we have anyway, and he wants us to be streams. He doesn't want us to be swamps. He wants us to be people who enjoy what he's given us, but are also quick to be generous and willing to give, willing to share. That's what he wants for us. Now, a lot of times we think, oh yeah, God's after my money. Look, God's not after your money, it's all his anyway. All right, what God wants for us is to recognize that he's the one who gave it to us. Everything we have is him, from him, for him. And we wanna live lives like that, streams, not swamps. Let's just take the next 15 seconds and sit with God and say, God, is there something you need to say to me in this area? All right guys, it's chilly. So I'm gonna run back to TLC and I'll see you in just a minute. Woo! that was cold. Welcome back to TLC friends. Hey, we're ready for our third test. We call this one the Sunday Brunch Test. That's right, the Sunday Brunch Test. Am I eating regularly with my church family? Sunday brunch, right? Mimosa. I don't even really know what's in a mimosa. This is just orange juice, but work with me. Got our cinnamon toast crunch, or in this case, lame Cheerios. Don't be sending me no texts, all y'all folks that like Cheerios. They're lame, okay? Cinnamon toast crunch. Sunday brunch test. What in the world is Torn talking about? Well, friends, it's a pandemic, okay? We're not out of it yet. Yes, it's 2021. Yes, 2021 will be the year that the pandemic is finally, hopefully over, fingers crossed, but we're still in it. And that means that we've had to make changes. All of us have made changes. We've done so here at TLC. That's why we're actually virtual this Sunday. We knew that because folks were going to be getting together with family over Christmas and then just a couple days ago with New Year's Eve, that these two Sundays were probably some of the potentially highest Sundays for some transmission. So we're trying to do our best as well, right? All of us have had to make adjustments, but not engaging with your church family for an extended period of time will destroy you spiritually. That's a really heavy thing to say, isn't it? Uh, When I was working through my notes, I was actually asking uh, Jordan and Austin and Rachel, I was like, is that too much? Like, is that too, like, in your face? Is that too harsh? The truth is, though, uh, it's true. The truth is, though, it's true. Yeah, I just said that. (laughs) But it is true. I don't mean it to be harsh. I'm, I'm not talking about, like, the fact that We don't have to do different things in the middle of a pandemic, we do. But I also talked about some of the habits and routines that many of us have kind of fallen into and created and and they're actually slowly destroying us from the inside out. This is one of those places. Look, I get it, right? It's nice on a Sunday morning to sleep in, roll out of bed, grab your mimosa, click on your computer, right? chill in your pajamas, eating your cinnamon toast crunch while you're watching the service online. That's fine for a season, but it's not good for your spiritual health long-term. Listen to this quote from Christianity Today regarding people's engagement with church during the pandemic and how that has connected to their personal Bible reading said this study supports the idea that the church plays a significant role in benefiting people's well-being along with their scripture engagement, said John Plake, ABS Director of Ministry Intelligence. And then he goes on to say this, to increase scripture engagement, which is what they were studying, we must increase relational connections with one another through the church. The pandemic And now this survey have shown that when relational church engagement goes up, so does scripture engagement. But when it goes down, scripture engagement drops with it. Uh, This is true for so many areas in our lives. We know this. It's been studied. Uh, The church isn't an accident. It was Jesus' plan for how we're supposed to become his disciples, Jesus created it. It's his idea. We need one another. We need one another more in a pandemic. But we need one another all the time. It's not just our Bible reading that can take a hit when we're not attending church. Our generosity can take a hit. Our connection to Christian community will take a hit. Our our connection to the sacraments will take a hit. Like all those things. Why? Well, because the church... Is necessary. In fact, this is exactly what the writer of Hebrews said in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 25. It says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. That's what the church helps us do, helps us connect and encourage one another towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Not giving up meeting together. Look, friends, I get it. We're in a pandemic. We have to do things differently. But we still need the church. Assembling as Jesus' body is essential. Look, as a pastor right now in these times, it doesn't matter what you decided to do. We decided that it was good for the safety of not just our church, but our area, Grand Rapids, to shut down for a couple weeks. Some folks, they're mad at me because we did that. Other folks are mad because we're going to open up next week, back to two services. One side says, you you don't love Jesus. You're fear-based, this, that. The other side will say, you don't love your neighbor. You're going to kill people. Look, the reason that we have decided that there's times that we should be open and times that we needed to close was because we're trying to listen to God's spirit and say, God, what do you want us to do? One of the things that God has made clear in his word and in times and seasons of prayer as we've walked through this pandemic for the last number of months and will continue to for the next few months is that church is essential. Like hospitals are essential and grocery stores are essential. What happens when we gather, the way that God meets with us, and the way that we spur one another on to love and good deeds, it's absolutely essential. We need one another. And so what I'd like for you to do right now, uh, I'm not telling you that even, even look, we're going to be live next Sunday at 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock. We're kicking off a brand new series on the Holy Spirit. I'm so excited about it. This whole series is going to be phenomenal. I think it's going to be uh, kind of a, a BCAD moment for our church, right? before this series and after this series. I really want you to be a part of it, but I'm not telling you you need to be at church on Sunday. What I'm telling you is you need to ask God when he wants you to return to church. Not when you think or what other people are going to say or what your friends on Facebook are going to think about you. Like, what does God want to say to you, so what I want us to do right now is just take the Sunday brunch test. Am I eating regularly with my church family? Take 15 seconds, and I just want you to sit with God. Just sit with God and say, God, is there something you need to say to me? God, when do I need to return? Look, if you've not had the vaccine or if you've not gotten the virus previously and you have pre-existing conditions, look, it's very possible God's gonna say, you need to stay virtual for the time being. Okay? We get that. We understand that. Don't come because I said something. Come because the Spirit said something. All I know is that church shouldn't be one of the last things we engage with. It should be one of the first things that we begin to re-engage with. We need each other. So take just 15 seconds and sit with God and say, God, when do you want me to start reengaging with your church? Look, I've just given you three ways that I felt like God was saying to me and to you, to us as a church, hey, here's three diagnostics, three things to kind of look at as you look forward to this next year. I don't know if any one of those three seem to land. Maybe all three of them are things that God is speaking to you. One of the things that I do know is we care about how we engage together in these practices. Uh, In fact, as uh, small groups, this past semester, uh, last semester in the fall, we were actually kind of going through something called the practice of building your trellis, okay? A trellis is like... uh You've probably seen them in gardens it's like lattice material and vines grow on them uh, they use them for grape vines so that the grapes don't hang on the ground or get too high uh, roses will sometimes grow on a trellis a trellis is just something that holds these practices and so when we talk about a trellis we're talking about kind of spiritual practices that we want to have in our lives every single one of us you and i we both have a trellis okay <laughs> some of our trellises have been thought of and some of them, they just happen uh, naturally. Uh, but every single one of us has a trellis. And so if you go to uh, the FYI today, okay, go on our FYI, our digital handout, uh, you'll see a link to it in the comments or, or just uh, there'll be a link straight on uh, um, to this page. There's a link that will take you to local. Oh, that's that's the, the link right there. Um, if you can scan the FYI there. Okay, you can get it this way or you can just go to this link that I'm gonna put up on the screen right now, localchurchgr.org forward slash practice. There's a whole weight of how to engage with this concept of trellis. What are the things that you do daily? What are the things that you're doing weekly? What are the things that you're doing monthly? What are you currently doing? And then you can evaluate, what do I wanna do? So you maybe are like, you know what? Daily, I'm not spending time in God's word, but that's something I wanna do. Well, what are the things that you're currently doing daily? kind of help you walk through that. Now, it's awesome uh, to, to do these exercises, but it's way better when you do them in community. So if you're part of a local group and you haven't done trellis together, you really ought to do it. It's fantastic. It's been, honestly, really pretty life-changing for me. I'm a pastor. My small group, we went through it last semester. There's been ways that it's been challenging me and my engagement with God. I've got accountability now with some of the other guys in my group. Uh, If you don't have a local group, maybe do it with some of your roommates. If you're married, do it with your spouse. But find somebody that you can engage with this in because uh, our trellis is just the way that we kind of like walk through life, right? How we spend our minutes is how we spend our lives. And we want to be people who are doing it well, pursuing the life that God has for us. That's what I want for you in 2021. I can't wait to be back with you guys next Sunday in person. Thanks for the ways that you have given our church grace all through 2020. For the ways you've continued to participate in person and online when the need called for it. God is up to something, friends. I can't wait to see how he's going to continue to transform me, transform you, transform us. Let's be about that. I love you. I'll see you next Sunday.